Get Puck. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Puck podcast. Vito, David, Matt here. Me being slightly touched under the weather, but we're going to trooper through it because the show must go on, right, boys? Must. So, yeah, must. Must go on. (laughs) So, there was some action. Finally, a trade occurred with the Habs. Um, obviously it's with a guy that's been brought up multiple times. We were kind of talking the last few episodes where we're like, we don't see him moving mainly because of a very low production this year. Um, lack of engagement, perhaps even just generally like a moper. And we're like, I don't know, this is probably a dude who will be like, you know, picked up by a team in the off season. But alas, here we are. Dallas stars made a trade. They trade for uh, Dodonov, um, by trading over much younger Gurianov. And so we asked the question on Twitter the uh, the other day to just get a feeler for what the uh, what the general sense of the fan base was kind of feeling. And now I want to ask you boys. Um, let's say Dandanov was going to move regardless. Are you happy with the return in Gurianov, or would you have preferred like uh, I don't know, like a third round pick, which is what a lot of people were suggesting um, Hughes was going for? Dave. I mean, you have to have something wrong with you if you'd prefer a third or a fourth round pick over a guy like Gurianov. Like, to me, this is a home run by Ken Hughes. We took a guy, Dodonov, who literally nobody had any expectations for whatsoever, right? They they got him in the Weber deal. He came here. It was non-existent, really. Um, and, you know, okay, you're going to flip him for a fifth, a fourth, maybe a third. Okay, maybe. And instead, they go and get a guy who was, you know, drafted – 12th overall. 12th overall, uh, yep. Just, just, okay, maybe in 2015, it took some time to arrive. He arrived, put up a 20-goal season, scored nine goals in the playoffs. Nine. Yes, he had one four-goal game, but still nine goals in uh, the playoffs, including one to, the, the, to send them to the Stanley Cup final. And then, okay, he struggled a little bit. He struggled. Uh, you know, he was playing with terrible players over there in Dallas for this season. He was with Luke Lendenning, who's a terrible hockey player. Well, NHL player, to the least. Sorry, Luke Lendenning fans and Detroit fans and Dallas fans, but he's not it. And uh, Mason Marchand, who's decent, but like kind of the same similar style of player. So to me, I think this is a really good move. I, I really enjoy, uh, enjoy watching Ken Hughes do his thing. I mean, there's zero risk, right? Like, the Donov was yeah, leaving definitely. anyways. Who cares? And now you get this guy who has potential. Look, he's on the first line in practice. Like, how does that make it? Like, if you're a Dallas fan, you're kind of just worried, especially what they just went through with with Nishushkin or, or in Colorado. It's just like this could be another that style of player like him that could turn it around on a new team. And especially, I think he'll fit well with this Habs core. He's 25 years old. Man, bring it on. I think this was an excellent, excellent deal. And if you're a Dallas fan, you're scratching your head here a little bit because you could have given him a little bit of more patience. I mean, just to quickly jump in there before you go, Vito, I mean, number one, could you ever imagine under any of the previous regimes in the past recent memory that would have taken a guy like Gurianov through this trade and slapped them on the first line? Now, I understand there's a lot of injuries on the team right now, but isn't that just a uh, a breath of fresh air to see this. We didn't bring this guy over, plot him where Dodonov was on like the third line or whatever, and just kind of like, okay, kid, that's where you go. That's where the guy was that we traded you for. So you plug there. Like to me, that was like, wow, they're really going to try to give this guy the best opportunity that he can get, which I don't think previous regimes would have done. 
Yeah, and I, and I love it. And Marty St. Louis had a good quote. Um, he said something along the lines that, like, I like to judge for myself. I like to make the, the judgment for myself. I see the player I'm getting, and then uh, I don't let his reputation speak for itself. I'll let him. I'll give him a chance here. And I think that that's perfect. That's what he needs. I think that he needs – and now I'm not saying that Griano is going to turn into another 30-goal score or 25-goal score or even a 20-goal score on a consistent basis. It's just the there's the, the potential is there. He's done it before. It's, it's happened before. I absolutely think that this is a home run of a deal. I know it's silly to say because, you know, it might not end up to anything, but it's just – it's the perfect type of trade for any NHL organization. Yeah, it's all upside. Vito, what do you think? We got – we got – they got – Rid of the Dan, the Donald that so many fans wanted out of Montreal. He was he was not playing very well for Montreal. Um, they got acquired a much younger player from so they, uh, in Gurianov, who's also a former 12th overall pick. Now that draft is turning out to be quite an amazing draft. So my expectations for Gurianov is just that I don't expect him to be an, an everyday top six forward. I'm going to manage my expectations, but he can be a very decent uh, player who's going to provide some secondary scoring for the Habs. And there's no risk here. They got a guy who they still have under their control, who's an RFA at the end of the season, who, whose qualifying offer is not that bad and is quite digestible for a guy that was leaving no matter what. At the end of the day, they literally, it, I find fantastic asset management there by, uh, by Kent Hughes. He, they got rid of Shea Weber's uh, contract, which was going to be on LTIR for Dadonov, and then eventually Dadonov played 50-plus games with the Habs, did nothing, and we managed to flip him for Gurianov. It's a great, great acquisition. It's, it's honestly, even if he doesn't, he's not a 20-goal scorer, and he pots you 10 to 15 a year, I, you know, it's, it's, it's still a great move considering that now you have a younger player who's 6'3", 200-plus pounds, can skate like the wind, uh, and play a certain style, and he will now have the freedom to play his game. It was a down year in Dallas this year, but now he goes to a team where he has no pressure whatsoever, can play his game. Uh, Marty St. Louis is going to probably just let him do what he has to do in a sense and try to get him to uh, take on or uh, fall into the concepts, as uh, Marty St. Louis has often said, of the, the Montreal Canadiens today. Okay. And, and well, it, let me... and his, sorry, just to cut in, his strength yeah. in entries, which is, uh, you know, like – Canadians have some terrible games where they can never, ever enter the zone properly. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's an upside as well. And it's just a guy to me, like, Jim Nill is a good general manager, but, man, like, you, you couldn't get someone better than Dodonov for Gurianov. There's no one else in the league trying to like, – uh, scored I, in his first game. Scored in his first game there. That was a nice goal, too. Okay, but like it's 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 one of those deals again that on the face side it looks it looks fine. Okay, good deal. But then you're like, man, like they're giving up Gurianov. Like they could have gotten something better than that. It just boggles my mind sometimes. It's listen, uh, I, it's more it's I more think, fun uh, stuff for GMs. I think for the I think maybe the Jim Nil was influenced by uh, Peter DeBoer. You know, he's coached them in the past. Maybe he felt like he could hone some some of that uh, that goal scoring that uh, he that he had with him when he was in Florida. Um, maybe something to that effect. And that's hey. maybe what Jamil said. Yeah, okay, fine. There's let's, a connection let's there. Move let's move some Gurian. Let's move Gurian off there just in case. You know, he's not fitting in with the, uh, with the stars right now. We're gonna try to make a push. Everybody's getting better. We need to do something now. Does the Donov make them better? I I don't think so. But at the same time, who knows when you're playing with the likes of uh, you know the Jamie Ben and Robertson and uh, you know uh, 
uh, Seguin and so on. So maybe he gets a bit of life in them and can. He's, can he's more. Uh, he was doing with the Habs. He's more invigorated for sure, right? I think one of the best things I saw was somebody write something to the effect of, uh, of um, on that goal that he scored in his first game there with Dallas. He put more like like power into his stride and he was more explosive in that one play than he was in all 50 whatever games he played for the canadians i mean you made a comment before Vito, which i thought was funny you're like a lot of fans wanted him out i don't think anybody wanted dodonov out of montreal more than dodonov this guy the second he got here the second he put on that jersey i don't think he smiled maybe once like it was just it's not a fit some players just it just doesn't work out right from the offset um, he had that little history where that deal was to send him to Anaheim, but he had it on his axe list. I mean, you know, players are allowed to have teams they don't want to go to. Think about, um, it when he, think about when he got to Montreal, right? Montreal was completely healthy. They had so many players yeah, on the way. Yeah. He was up to the fourth line. So, it was, I mean, I can understand it's not something it's, exciting. It's just, and yeah. he's the type of player that can't be on your fourth line. He just can't. He's not built yeah. to be a fourth line player. But at the same time, I would even question does he have the skill to be an everyday top six, and while he has scored twenty goals with past uh, with past teams, with well, Montreal, he, it's like you see, yeah, maybe he didn't want to be there. Maybe from the get go, he was like, okay, um, I'm here because of, of a trade, not because I want to be here uh, willingly. So, I mean, yeah, it just he never seemed like he had the engagement with with the team. So, I mean, listen, listen, all the best to him over in Dallas. What what I'm more curious about, and this is actually rather recent, and it kind of made me want to ask you guys this question. Um, Paul Jarvie just got traded, and this, as of us recording it, this happened maybe 25 minutes ago. So the whole Paul Jarvie thing in Edmonton is finally over. They trade him to Carolina. Um, I was just curious, like with all things, with all the connections and all the rumors about Montreal and, and Edmonton working something out, maybe for Edmondson before he was all injured, and Paul Jarvie and a pick coming back. It was always Paul Jarvie and then something. Would you prefer having Gurianov on your team or Paul Jarvie? Gurianov, I would say. I would say Gurianov, because, and, I, and I'm going to base this on this. I think Gurianov is seems to do well under pressure. You know, um, at the World Juniors in the semifinal, he put up two goals against the U.S. Um, over, he, he saw his playoff performance uh, yep. against Calgary, against Vegas. He got, you know, he he, he scored goals and he, and he was able to perform. I think that that factors in Pugliarvi. I mean. He's the type of player that I think wouldn't do well in Montreal. He would have maybe folded a little bit on on, on the pressure and on himself. Um, I'm I'm actually when when they were discussing, you know, when you heard the rumors of that, I thought I just don't think it ever was really a good fit. I'm I'm willing to take a flyer on a guy like that for sure, especially if you get him for cheap. But I'm not too disappointed that the Canadians didn't end up with him. Cool. If you put aside the fact that he was drafted third overall, I would probably go with Gurianov as well. And when you think of Gurianov in that sense, it's like, okay, you, you, you know, I, I like what Dave said. He could handle the pressure a little more in Montreal probably than Pugliarvi. Pugliarvi, I find it's going to take a lot more time to work on to build his confidence back versus Gurianov. I don't think Gurianov was a confidence issue per se. I just think he was a guy having a down year and just fell down in the depth chart of uh, the Dallas Stars right now. Um, as for Yarby, I mean, he was playing with he's, he's played with McDavid, he's played with Dry yeah. he's, <laughs> he's played with everybody on the Edmonton Oilers, and it was always the same yeah. issues. You have these flashes where okay, he's starting to produce, and uh, then you know, one little hiccup, and, and he's back to, in his funk again. I do think, I, I do think that Carolina could be a very good fit for Pugliarvi, mainly because 
there's some uh, there's a connection there with Aho and, and Finland. Um, they did well together. They showed some chemistry in the past. But I just I, I have to I agree with Dave. It, it, I don't think he would have been a good fit for Montreal. And again, most people are going to be like, ah, what are you going to really talk about as a former third overall pick? Yeah, well, there was a lot of former third overall picks that didn't pan out for other for other teams, including Montreal. No more so than Montreal, right? Let's not go through that list. But I mean, it does it does bring up an interesting question from the Edmonton perspective. I mean, they cleared out all three million or three and a half million dollars to pull Jarvis cap, which which I think most people are a little bit surprised about that they were able to not have to retain money on this move. So they now have a little bit of money, a little bit of cap space, and everybody who's watching this team knows they need defense, help on defense, no matter what. And there's a lot of names out there. There's Eckholm in, in Nashville. Apparently they're very interested in Chitrin is always coming up. Uh, there was the Carlson thing for a bit, but apparently that fell through. So let's talk about our man, Eddie, right? And I know that there's been recently this thing that came out from the NHL, which I thought was hilarious about there'll be severe um, sort of repercussions or something about trading players who are injured. And, uh, and Arvin Basu wrote something hilarious that the NHL, it's so on point for them to release a statement that they're going to enforce one of their own rules, which I thought was very, very funny. I'm guessing unless it's the Arizona Coyotes, right? Well, we don't, yeah, we don't I'll talk about that. longer you want on that one. Is that we it? We don't okay. talk about Arizona. But point in fact, so Puljari was always the one that was linked with a pick, usually. That was the, the consistent sort of trade package that would come back from Edmonton if they were to go and acquire uh, Joel Edmondson. Um, now that uh, Paul Jarvie is gone, do you guys have anything off the top of your heads that would make sense in terms of like a, a trade deal between Edmi uh, Edmonton and Montreal? Um, they have some pretty good prospects in the cupboard. I don't know if they'd be willing to part with them. Um, they still have their first, which I'd imagine would be part of it, probably. Um, what do you guys think? What's 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 Ken Holland prepared to do? Not trade his first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think the odds of them making an Edmonton deal with Edmonton went out the window with Puliyarvi going out. That, that's just a sense I get. Like, I don't. I think it was going to be Puliyarvi and like a mid pick, and that's it. You know, that's what you're going to get for Edmonton this year. And now that he's gone, I don't think they're willing to top to, to part with top prospects. I mean, especially not with the the quality. I mean, you laid it out that Chikrin. Apparently, they're working really hard to get Jacob Chikrin as we speak. Um, that's a guy you give up prospects for. That's a guy you give up a first-round pick for. That's a guy that makes more sense than a guy like Joel Edmonton. I know you're you're, you're going to push for a cup run. He's great in the playoffs, but he has so many questions, question marks surrounding him in, in terms of his health. And not only that, but like he's not that much of an impact player. I don't care what anybody says. You're not going to convince me of it. And, and it's just to me to get. To, you're not going to get much more than maybe a second-round pick now. And again, maybe I'm wrong because, you know, but if I was a NHL general manager, I would not give him more than a second round pick for Joel Edmondson. So I think the odds of him getting traded actually went down. Okay. No, I think there'll be a team that's going to overpay. If they can see that Joel Edmondson can play this way. Sorry, I remember with Edmonton. Yeah, okay, with Edmonton. Okay, so even Edmonton. You know, Dave, you're not wrong. The only thing I would say when it comes to Edmonton is that they do but. need a defenseman <laughs> to stabilize that back end a little bit. So, I mean, that's what they're really, really lacking. And I find Edmonton can be somebody, provided he's healthy, to stabilize that back end because they're, they can't expect McDavid to score four or five goals a game or three goals a game to keep them in it because the defense can't hold up. And that's exactly what they expect of him. Not anymore. Not when you look five, at the other Five-point game and he loses. Himself. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's ludicrous. It's so crazy. They need, it's crazy. They need, 
to trade away some assets and take advantage of the fact and take advantage of this window of having McDavid and Dreisaitl there at the age that they're at. Because you know what? McDavid's 26 years old and Dreisaitl's 27 years old. And, and while they're going to be good for a very long time, right now they're losing time for multiple cup runs rather than just getting the one cup. These are guys that should at this point in their careers, in my opinion, have be going on to their second cup at the very least. And they need they bring in that help right now. Get them to the point where the, the defense can support them. If you want to get a puck mover and trade some assets away like a Jacob Trickman, go right ahead. But just because you acquired Trickman doesn't mean you can't go get an Edmondson or even the other rumored players, Ekholm, but apparently uh, the demand is two first-round picks for him. So, yeah, they should trade for uh, Edmondson. Maybe it's not a first-round pick. Likely not going to be Holloway or Bourgeau, but find something that works. So can I just can I just confirm you're suggesting that McDavid and Dreisaitl should be moving on to cup number two. And the only reason why that hasn't occurred yet no. is because they do not have a Joel Edmondson. No. Is, that what, is have, that what I'm they, understanding? They don't have... That I, I love how you said it this way. I love That's what I heard. I can't believe you said yeah. it that way. Yeah. Oilers oh. and Joel Edmondson away from multiple wow. cups. <laughs> Wow. They're a couple of defensive defensemen away from being able to help them out at least. Maybe a goalie there would be nice and too. A goalie, well, that, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did. I did mention that Jack Campbell's been, you know, yeah, on oh. the ball there. Bring back but, Mike I mean, Get him off IR. <laughs> but I mean, Crazy. like, they need to stabilize that defense. It's been a problem for a while, especially when the day that the day that they lost Clefbaum for as long as they did, and they know that he's out probably for the rest of his career, or at least for a very long time. They should have started looking and say, okay, we can't just have this glaring hole on our roster. Like, let's go get some defensemen. Let's do something. We need we need some defense. It can't just be McDavid skating through the entire opposing team, scoring five points and still losing. And then he goes from oh, cheering. Yeah. 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 And then all of a sudden, you know, he's sulky. Like, you know, and you have to hear him say it was an embarrassing start and an embarrassing finish. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I think they got a lot of things they need to do to, to get that team. I mean, all the Western Conference teams, for that matter, this year in particular, need to do something. I mean, uh, everybody's talking about how the East Coast teams have all gone through this arms race and they're like loading up left, right and center between the New Jerseys and uh, the New York Rangers, uh, Boston. I mean, it's 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 crazy. It's I, I don't know what they're waiting for. I know they're three hours behind the East, but this is a little bit ridiculous at this point. Like, come on, guys. Matthew, you and I went through this exercise the other day. The only team that's a little bit intimidating on the West side, it, we're, we're talking the East. A few years ago, the West Coast was like, okay, they're, they're, they're in the conference that we have to worry about. They're big, they're strong, they're physical, they're built for the playoffs, all of that stuff. It's shifted. The East now has most of the talent now. They're, not to say that there isn't any talent in the West, but it, it's the East is the conference to watch, watch out for. The West side... The only team that really that you look at on paper and you're like, okay, they could still cause some damage as long as they're all healthy is Colorado. Nobody else on the West scares me in any way. I mean, look, the, the, you know what the West is going to benefit from is that the East are going to beat the crap out of each other heading into yeah, that. They're going to eat themselves. And then, and then the, whoever whoever gets to the West to the Stanley Cup final from the West probably will have an easier time than we think, and and I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if the cup winner is from the Western Conference, just because of that. I mean, the East is a beast. The, the Leafs, the Bruins, the, the Lightning, take Carolina. your pick. And the Rangers, Carolina, you have all of Jersey, them. All New of them. Jersey, New Jersey. New Jersey could be good for a long time. And half of those Jersey. teams won't get out of the second round. 
won't get well, through in the second round. Yeah, that's, that, that's the craziest thing about this, that you mm-hmm. got the best teams in the league and that come round two, half of them are going to be gone because they're all in the same conference. It's pretty it's, wild stuff. Yeah, It's nuts, but that's what the Western Conference is going to, you know, I see a team like Vegas, you know, kind of just stroll. Or, or, you know, even a team like just look at anywhere. Like for sure Colorado is there, but I mean – any of those teams come in and, and one team is going to get out of the Western Conference and then they're going to do that damage, I think. The cup is coming back to the East. Okay. Smart I'm money calling. says so, but crazier things have happened. I mean, mm-hmm. you just kind of you just kind of got to – like Dave's suggesting, I mean, it's an interesting point of view. I mean, given the fact that the East has all the big hitters and they're all going to go at each other right away, the Western Conference, a little bit softer – Team that gets there might be a little bit less tested, got more guys that are less hurt, less banged up. Goalie gets hot. I mean, things can happen. But, I mean, right now, if you were to ask me, do I think it'll be East or West, I got I to gotta put the money on the East. They're just – the teams are just too loaded up. Which oh, East team, well, though? I don't I, know. But, yeah. I, I, one thing that's interesting about the Oilers, again, I'll give him this, okay? Like, last year, they were never going to win a cup with Mike Smith. I don't care. I could have fought you guys for the rest of my life. They never. It would have never happened. I know they got the Western Conference Final. It would have never, ever, ever won with Mike Smith. But Jack Campbell has the ability to get hot. We've seen it with the Leafs. He played for, for about, like, 16 games. He played for that Vezina caliber, you know, and, and, and even this year, he had some – well, not so much this year, but mm. uh, he has that potential, and that's something that, you know, if he gets hot, hot at the right time – I mean, Edmonton could do some damage potentially, especially if they shore up that back end. Okay. You're not wrong, but again, (laughs) (laughs) Jack Campbell, he's like both ends of the spectrum, right? Like he could either get really hot or just be, as you've been seeing him all season, super ice cold. And then he starts to get into his own head and he just can't play. And that's one of the reasons why I think Toronto uh, moved on from him and weren't willing to pay five plus million dollars long term for Jack Campbell. It's just he, but you're not you're not wrong. He but technically any goalie who's got a bit of talent in the NHL can go on a heater. Again, Edmonton needs the goalies in Edmonton need a few defense defensemen in front of them to help them out. That's fair. Don't disagree. I do I do I do want to pivot to another thing quick quick though. Um there's been a lot of big trades that have already happened. Like probably the biggest names on the list are already sort of moved on do you guys prefer that let's say the two maybe three weeks leading up to trade deadline you know tr- these big trades are, are are trickling in here and there and it's like one day you get a big trade a couple days go by another big one spatter a few little ones in there or would you prefer like mostly radio silence until trade deadline and then that whole day is nuts what's your preference I'm curious. A lot of people on Twitter are talking about this, and I was like thinking about this myself. What would I That's prefer? A good, it's a great topic because as a kid, there was nothing better. I think you know when I was in yeah. high school, there was nothing better than going to your like school computer, just refreshing all the time to see what <laughs> oh, what deals made. Oh man, I remember at the time it was like Doug Gilmore got traded. Like oh my god, crazy. Like it's just that's what um, that's what it's all about when you're you want to see everything. But now that I'm an adult and I, I can be a bit more patient. I like these. Uh, I like the way it is now. I like the way it is now because you're never without anything, and you have the kind of anything can happen at any time. You're not just a like more digestible. Oh, wait till Friday and let's see what happens, and then you know teams are are rushed or handcuffed or this or that. You don't know. I like it better this way. I think it's kind of silly to ever wait for the trade deadline to do anything like that, unless you're a seller and you really have a bidding war going on. I don't think there's any 
purpose. And you know, the, you could get injured. There's a million things that could go wrong. Just get it done. If you have a deal in place, get it done. Shop it around. Can't can't get anything better. You won't get anything better. Just do it then. So I like, I like these deals. Like I like that today. Hey, we got to move here. Okay, what's going on with Chicken? Maybe he'll get moved. The Patrick Kane. You know, everyone. Oh, on Sunday he's going to be a New York Ranger. Like, you know what I mean? Like it didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. But these are exciting things. That you know, it's a storyline. You can get more involved into it instead of just like seventy-five trades on trade deadline day. Sorry, James Dutton. That's that's, what that's so exciting though. Like when when you have like seventy five trades that happen, it's like one after another, and you're just like, oh my god, this person got moved. Oh my god! But, but is it like, the reason? What what? Oh, sorry, to you off, but like what happens sometimes? I would I would I would be working at TSN back in the day when like the Vanek deals went through and stuff like that for the Habs, and like then like the next day you're like, oh, I forgot this happened, or you're watching a game like three days later, and you're like, oh man, this is a big move. I didn't even know it happened. It got lost in the shuffle. You know what I mean? It's boring. No, okay, but how, how, how excited were you when when it was that uh, that time when when the Habs, you know, Gomez, Janta, uh, and all of them started coming oh, yeah. to the roster on one shot? Right, that was like the most one of the most exciting times as I had. That was a free agency, I think. That was, I that understand, was- but it was still like you know what I mean. It, it was all in one cluster, so that same level of excitement could happen at the trade deadline on that one day, and you're just like, holy crap, my whole team just got overhauled in like four yeah. minutes. Now I built up to that. In reality, really did build up to that, but it, it looked, it felt like it just everything happened in four minutes as a fan who's watching all of this, and it's just like holy, shit. Oh, screw it, holy shit! Like look at all of this, right? <laughs> There's that crazy a, the a couple years ago, the craziest 14 minutes in hockey when it was the Weber Subban and then Adam Larson yeah. and Taylor Hall. Obviously, had to happen on the same day, like minutes from each other. Yeah, it was wild. Sure. You didn't know which one you wanted to talk about first. That was and then was Stamkos resign as well during that day? And Stamkos, yes. Yeah, Stamkos was going to go to Toronto, all that, and then he yeah, resigns yeah. Uh, for the rest, basically, of his career. Yeah, I'm on the fence, man. I don't know. As a hockey like, fan, I like to consume I, I hockey people... information as it's coming all the time. It's fun. But there is something about it. Like, to Vito's point, it's kind of like a, a Christmas morning kind of thing. You yeah. get there, you're, you're pumped, yeah. you're excited, and then it all just, all the presents start. All the trades are going on. All the things are happening. Oh, it's 5 o'clock? There's still trades on the pipeline. The facts didn't go through yet. Things like this. I don't know. I, it, I, I can see now, Everybody's spreading so many rumors and throwing out so many things to try to be first, and none of it ever, most of it doesn't make sense. And, and it's like you're looking, and it's like, okay, I, like I get both sides. Like, just hear a bit of information. Oh, you got a trade. You could talk about it for a couple of days before the deadline happens. Things could still, it's like the anticipation of things could still happen from now till the third is one thing. But everything you take, some people would take the day off on, on, on trade deadline from whether, or some people would call in sick and then be mm-hmm. there the whole time refreshing, <laughs> watching PSN or whatever. Uh, media outlet out there. It's just to see, okay, which person got traded? And James Duffy actually had a job rather than us see those antics that are happening on TSN. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, I don't know. I can see both sides, but I, I can't remember the last time I got that excited for a trade deadline as a, like versus when I was younger. And you know, you, you take that sick day from school just to just, just to watch the trade deadline. Now everything's happening. It's like now we're questioning what, what is there left to happen from now till the third. Like who's still left? Okay, we now have it's, now it's the bottom tier. Now it's, you know, now it's, it's tier B. You well, know? now most people are crossing their fingers, hoping that some random surprise trade that most insiders didn't know or hear about or you know didn't get any words on throughout the entire year just happens. You know, the most recent rumor that came out is that the Penguins 
have actually checked in on JP Miller and you're just like, oh, okay, that came out of nowhere. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But now what will happen? I'd rather, I, I don't know. I'd rather be that person that you have like I- four <laughs> hours to get it done on trade deadline day because the, the buzz is going to go off at uh, three o'clock. Let's do it. Let me, let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. I That's agree. me. I don't know if I, I sold you guys on it, but uh, didn't have to sell me. I was I was already there with you. Again, I can see both sides. <laughs> both are fun. I'm still going to be plugged in like crazy. Maybe not to the whole day with James Duffy and and everything going on there with the craziness that they do on those days to fill the time. Um, got, but I'll be refreshing shot, Twitter. Shot, uh, the t-shirt gun a what? couple of years ago. It was Marty Biro and oh yeah, I forget who. Get who else? So someone else. Jennifer Hedger or whatever. She got yeah, shot with the Hedger. Yes, yes, it was. She got shot with the t-shirt gun in the gut. I'm like, all right, that's fun. I mean, it was all an accident. Yeah, but that was fun. yeah. This is the uh, this is the hard hitting hockey uh, kind of related stuff that I'm looking for on trade deadline. Oh, yeah. But listen, <laughs> it's uh, it's a couple days away. It's uh, as again as of recording today. I think we're we're four days away. It's this upcoming Friday. I'm sure lots of things are going to happen between now and then. Um, stay plugged in to, to, well, obviously to Twitter, everybody, as I'm sure you all are, uh, give us a little, uh, a little check. Also, if you don't mind, we'll be commenting on all the major trades that be coming out, uh, between now and then. And of course on trade deadline, obviously. Um, and, uh, and that would be it for this episode, everyone. So thank you so much for taking the time, listening to us. If you made it all the way through, we really appreciate you. Um, and, um, as always like subscribe, if you, if you do like please like, um, drop a subscribe so you can get notified on when the next episode is going to be releasing. We're uh, diving a little bit into doing shorts as well. Vito's been at the helm of that one. They've been pretty great. So take a look at those as well. Um, And uh, on behalf of Vito and Dave, I'm Matt, and this was Get Pucked.